Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Monday edition of the show, our first episode of the week. I feel like it's been a little while since we had a Monday show, and that's because uh, schedule changes, the preseason game mixed things up a little bit, but we are back to start off your week, and we hope your week is going great so far. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place of pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, we're going to be doing roll call a little bit later. Uh, yeah, it's 420 Monday, today, And yeah. I think that's going to make it the best possible show that we could ever have in the history of pewterreport.com. Yeah, Matt, uh, hello to you. Um, I feel pretty good about today's show. I really do. I feel like this is probably going to be the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. So if you're tuning in today, if you're listening, you know, stay tuned for history because it's about to be made, which might sound a little lofty, but it's Monday. I just feel like this is going to be the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Yeah, absolutely. And we got a lot to get into today. You obviously saw the graphic uh, to start the show, which is, will Chris Godwin be ready yeah. for the first game of the season? We spoke to Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles the day after the preseason game where the Bucks fell to the Colts, where he was asked about Chris Godwin and the expectations of if he'll be ready for Dallas and what, if anything, could really be holding him back. So we'll get into that. There were some roster cuts that went on today. So we'll talk about uh, the players that got waived who's still on the bubble, who we might see get cut either later today or by tomorrow. Of course, there is a four o'clock deadline. So we'll know everything by tomorrow's podcast. That's right. Of uh, Who got cut and who did not. Uh, but also there's a little bit of other news. And that was about a guy that we talk about a lot on this show. That would be Tom Brady, Tom Brady Jr. Actually. Ah. And you see him smiling here or kind of grinning yeah. uh, maybe for a couple of different reasons. But one of them, could have potentially been that Tom Brady, it was announced last night, got ranked number one overall in the NFL's top 100 players of the 2021 season. Obviously, statistically, it was a great year for Brady, led the league in touchdowns, smashed records left and right, and he gets the credibility from his peers around him, because I believe it is voted on uh, by the rest of the NFL players. Yeah. And Bucks had six players on that list, and Tom Brady comes in at number one. I don't really feel like it's that much of a surprise. I guess you could make the argument for Aaron Rodgers because he did win the MVP. So if you're the yeah. MVP, you're one of the best players in the league. But, you know, Brady just commands that type of respect and therefore True. he is number one. Well, yeah, he deserves to be. He should have been the MVP last year, as you said. And and I think, too, Matt, when you look at, at the reason why he's smiling in this picture, it's because he's the only NFL player that, that just you can put aside the records, Matt. You can put aside the Super Bowls, the postseason wins, the all-time wins, the passing yards. Set those records aside. He's the only player that has asked permission to take a vacation during training camp, <laughs> and the team has approved it. So at least that's that's the story out there that Tom Brady was on a pre-planned vacation, a vacation that was mapped out when he was retired during those 40 dark days in Buccaneer history. And uh, I think that's what the smiles about. It's he got away with it. He got to have a little reprieve in the Bahamas or wherever he <laughs> went. I mean, come on. Not that's even that, great. but he came back and he was great. Obviously yeah, we well, talked yeah. about it on, on Saturday night's podcast. Well, so yeah. And you, you know, that, that's what was great about this is he's a, yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't forget how to play football. <laughs> yeah. <going> so. <laughs> I believe his comments were, uh, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. And yeah, you know what, Tom? You're right. You know, you could just take yeah. 11 days off. You come back and you picked up right where you left off, you know, right. connecting on passes to Julio Jones, making the Bucks fans happy there. Because yeah. honestly, Scott, I mean, outside of like Tom Brady and a couple of the longtime Bucks legends, whether it's Mike Evans or Levante David or Devin White, still, I wouldn't say long time. He's, he's only been here for a couple of seasons. Right. But they usually get the... The, the loudest pops, if you will, um, by the crowd at training camp. But yeah. Julio Jones, I, I know he's a new addition and it's very exciting. And he obviously has a, a long story career. He was getting as big, if not bigger, uh, applause, round of applause from the fans every time he made a play. It would be like a simple five-yard slant with just the quarterback and the receiver, like no right. defense, just warming yeah. up. And people would be going crazy, clapping, going wild. And I understand it, but I also thought in the back of my head, like, 
Not that you're going to be booing this guy by any means. Right. But he was an Atlanta Falcon. So, yeah, and obviously he tormented the Bucks for years. So maybe they're just cheering like, all right, we don't have to deal with him anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll just say this. Uh, I, I love Brady's post-game press conference. I know there is, you know, whenever he talks, whatever he does, it's going to cause a stir. That's just where we're at. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he sees the goat. But I just love the fact that he said what he said he kind of addressed the you know listen there's all these stories out there i'm i'm happy i made the decision to play in tampa of course that was after the i'm going through a lot of stuff you know shit comment that he made and and the thing is 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 at the end of the day rumors be what they were las vegas you know back in 2020 miami this year he was a buccaneer in 2020 Last time I checked, the Bucs have two Super Bowl trophies in their front lobby, and he's playing for the Buccaneers this year. So everything else is just noise. And so you have these talking heads that that want to try to create and manufacture these quote-unquote distractions. There's no distraction. He's playing for the Buccaneers, right? There, there's, there's no other conjecture or rumors or anything out there that's going to mean a damn thing. And I think Brady just laughs at it at this point. It's like, guys, I'm, I'm – I'm playing the, the Dallas Cowboys on September 11th. Like nothing's going to change that. And yeah. and so I, I think everything else is just white noise. And this guy has just been a master of blocking that stuff out. And sometimes using some of that noise, Matt, to get a little pissed off and, and kind of make statements. Yeah. He likes to use any criticism as fuel. I always love, he doesn't do it every season, but he'll kind of do like a check the receipts type of thing where, yeah. you know, uh, you know, he's always got great hype videos where he be does. people saying like, oh, the Bucks can't do this or whatever it may be. So he always uses everything for, for fuel. And it's so funny because it feels like every single week there's a new story. But I agree with you. Like he's he's here. He's playing yeah. for the Bucks. He's focused on this season. But every week it's like, OK, remember the Miami tampering thing? That felt like a month ago. Like right. that was so it actually was kind of close to a month ago because it was like right around yeah. the last time that we spoke to Brady besides his postgame press conference. Then you had the hiatus. You had the Raiders thing mixed into all of it. But yeah. none of that matters now because he's with the Bucs, and Bucks fans got to be happy about that. Another thing That's that right. you should be happy about is when you are drinking a Celsius energy drink. And, of course, Celsius is the providing sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. I am currently rocking a sparkling grape rush. Uh, there's so many different flavors, though. The watermelon, the orange. Scott, I don't know what you've been uh, drinking today. I know you're always on the Celsius train. Oh. Yeah, I, I've been drinking some other things, Matt, but yeah. <laughs> um, I have had uh, I, I have had a Celsius today, thank God, because I did a little little bit of Sunday Funday yesterday, and uh, that's kind of the hidden gem about Celsius is with the seven essential vitamins, it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. right? It just it, it makes you feel alive and wakes you up. It's got the, the caffeine that you need to get you going, and Matt, the flavors, right? I mean, when you look at at the, the the new vibe flavors, I was just at a grocery store that carries Celsius, and they have these variety packs now, right? It's this little pack that you can get that has Arctic vibe, tropical vibe, and peach vibe. They're all a huge hit. Uh, a lot of the flavors are in the afternoons. I like the cola flavor, which is a, a different kind of non fruity flavored uh, energy drink, and uh, it's just fantastic, Matt. Where where can they get Celsius? First of all, you should go to the store locator on Celsius websites. Find out where there is a Celsius near you. Or what I would also recommend is getting them on Amazon. You could buy it in bulk. I would recommend the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You could have it set up where you have it sent to your house or apartment every two weeks, three weeks, whatever it may be. There's a lot of different options there on Amazon. So buy them on Amazon. Uh, Go to a local bodega, as I like to say, near you. Or uh, go to the store locator and you will find a Celsius. Celsius live fit. It's all around you, like yeah. so many different places. So I had uh, no idea what, what a bodega was until <laughs> the summer. I just heard Matt say it over and over again, and just curiosity killed the cat. I'm like, what the hell is a bodega? It's like a New York <laughs> thing. It's a, it means a convenience store. So, yeah, yeah, right? it's a, okay, yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's a, it's a local. So you learn something new every time you listen to Peter Report podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's what exactly. I remember when we found out what the uh, the Finnish currency. That's was. right, and that yeah. came through roll call, which again. Bucks yeah. fans, we'll be doing that in about Ooh, nine yeah. minutes from now. Roll call. Love it. Coming up at 420. Tell us where you are watching, Pewter People. Where are you at, Pewter People? We want to know because we have awesome fans all around the globe, not just in Tampa, yeah, not just in the it. United States. We have fans across the pond in England, Finland, like I mentioned. I think we got Brazil one time. So 
uh, definitely want you guys to participate in that when we got it coming up uh, in a couple of minutes from now. But, yeah. Scott, let's talk about the the headline of today's podcast. And that, of course, is Chris Godwin. There, there's a couple of questions on the roster. Some of that comes with the roster cuts, which we'll get yeah. to later. Some of that's with who's going to win certain jobs, whether it's, you know, has Luke Gedeke, um, you know, locked down the offensive starting guard position? Probably. Um Cornerback, too. That was something I was talking about earlier today when I was on Ronnie and T. Kras, where mm -hmm. it's been SMB getting the starts, but we kind of feel it should be Jamel Dean. But probably, arguably, the biggest question is Chris Godwin, a guy that's been so important to this team yeah. uh, throughout his tenure with the Bucs, but especially the past couple seasons. I would say starting from the 2019 season when he really broke out up until winning the Super Bowl, and he was on such a great run last season until he got unfortunately hurt. But he came back for training camp, and the Bucs have done a great job of, you know, easing him back into the lineup and just practicing with the team. He went from just working out individually, running individually, to, you know, working with the quarterbacks, not against any defenses, but running routes with, with the quarterbacks as a throw yeah. to him. Then he got to seven-on-sevens. Now he's in the, the, the team sessions as well, getting in on 11-on-11s. He has been wearing a non-contact jersey, so... Uh, his question isn't the sorry. He, he's still the question is whether or not he'll be ready for the Dallas game. I don't think he's a hundred percent yet, just from the eye test of, of watching him at practice. But he's right. still making plays. He's caught some touchdowns, <clears> made <throat> one-handed catch, and he caught a deep ball as well. So he's definitely on the right track. It's just a matter of will you be ready week one, week two, or that first month of the season? Yeah. If you remember, he had a touchdown in week one against the Cowboys last year, yep. and he's really the straw that stirs the drink. He is the slot receiver in this Bruce Arians offense. This is not the Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type of slot receiver. This is a completely different scheme and offense. And what, what you look for in a, in a receiver like this, think Heinz Ward in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. for Bruce Arians. Think of... Uh, Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. Think of Reggie Wayne in Indianapolis for, for Arians. This is kind of a bigger bodied wide receiver, a more physical wide receiver than your typical little slot guys. That's why there's some fans out there. We've tried to educate them. They say, put Scotty Miller in the slot. No, Scotty Miller is not a <laughs> slot receiver in Tampa Bay. He's 5'9, 5'10, about a, a buck 65. A buck seventy, so he's not doesn't have the dimensions to play the slot receiver position. That's why you see guys like Tyler Johnson come in and and have the opportunity to to fill in for Chris Godwin and and not do it as well. Certainly, I'm going to state that as as fact because it's the truth. But he's a bigger bodied guy, six two, two oh five, two ten, and that's really what you need. You need that guy to be able to go in there and not just. Work the seam, Matt, and and work those those middle routes in between nickel corners and linebackers and safeties and navigate the middle of the field, which is what Godwin excels at. But you also have to be able to block in the run game because that's usually a point of attack uh, in this duo run scheme that is typically between the tackles. Godwin is is a, a point of attack blocker. He's you know he will crack back on linebackers from the slot. And sometimes he will actually be uh, uh, go in motion and be a lead guy through the hole. So it's a very important position. I, my my thinking is I think he returns for week one, but on a pitch count. So now we do have uh, some video from Todd Bowles talking about that. Let, let's go right to the source with the latest update on Chris Godwin. Yeah, here is Coach Bowles. Of course, he was asked twice about it um, on Sunday's press conference and here's coach Bowles talking about that he's healthy and he's 100 percent and they give me full green light you gotta go i think with an injury like that you're never gonna know until you get hit below the waist you know you can get hit knocked around in practice but that's all upper body for anybody that comes back from any one of those type of injuries until you get hit below the waist in the knee or in the leg and you bounce up and know you're okay you won't know you're going to be okay whether it's week one or week 10 it's going to feel the same until you get tackled. So we'll wait and see when Clarence is 100%. And when that's 100%, you know, he still has to take the hit. He understands that. We understand that. And 
that's just the way football has been played. So, you know, hopefully he's okay if when he takes that kind of hit and we can move on from there and he knows he's okay and we'll move on. I mean, he's working in a, he's working in the practice and everything. Again, you don't know unless you get hit on that leg how good you are or how good you're not. We're just going to take it day by day, still in the brace. The doctors are still monitoring him, and we're just monitoring his progress right now. We're not trying to rush him. He'll be ready when he'll be ready, but we'll be glad to have him out there when he is. Good stuff from Todd Bowles there, and I think he really hit the nail on the head. You mentioned it, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit. The As a receiver, Chris Godwin is great, but the physicality that he brings to this team yeah. I, I think is very – underrated and a little underestimated as well. So Balls was talking a lot about that, you know, he's progressing along and they're, they're moving him up in the offense, but until you actually get hit, right. Is when you're really going to know when Chris Godwin will be the Chris Godwin that we all expect and that we all want to see. I think that's super critical for him as a very physical receiver. And as you talked about the fact that he's such a good blocker, they use him a lot in the running game as you said, and like, that's not very common for a wide receiver. Every team needs wide receivers that block, but to run plays to your side, because Chris Godwin is going to not, maybe not necessarily lead the way, but you know, it's going to lead to, okay, instead of a three yard gain, you're getting a five, six, seven yard gain because you have blocking up the field with Chris Godwin. And he even said, it's not even getting hit from the upper body it's getting hit on the lower body of course i can imagine if (laughs) you get injured the first thing you're thinking of is the first time you get hit in that knee is going to be you know a huge factor there so it's one of those uh not toss-ups but it's just a tough thing to really navigate or factor in because you need to get him ready enough for the season yeah but the preseason's done with, so he's not getting right. hit. He was wearing the contact jersey, as I spoke about before, in practice. So he's not getting hit at practice. He's not going to find out until they go to Dallas yeah. or if he plays in that game. So I think the pitch count is a great point that you made there because I think that's half the battle is just with any injury, really. We talked about this a lot with O.J. Howard, who had a mm-hmm. different injury, but Achilles injury, but the mental aspect of getting back on the field, getting Oh, hit, it's huge. You favor it. You kind of baby that – that uh, leg, it's it's real. And and I think the biggest thing for Chris Godwin is when he comes back, he's going to play with that knee brace. And that's going to be one hurdle to be able to take a hit and play and run and cut and do the things like that with that kind of cumbersome knee brace. But then it's when that knee brace comes off. And for Chris, it's going to be sooner rather than later because he's going to hate playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> All receivers do. But when that knee brace comes off and he'll, he'll probably even uh, try to get clearance to not play with it. Just knowing Chris, that's when you'll start to see the old Chris Godwin come through because it, it, it is, it, it's, it's a mental thing that you think about when you have a physical apparatus on your appendage, even Chris, or I should say Sean Murphy Bunting was talking about that too. When, yeah. when he, when he returned with the elbow brace, it was heavy it was cumbersome, and and it restricted his movement, and and it made a, a a big deal when he was was trying to make plays in the ball. He felt like he was one handed to a degree. So I, I think that's it's going to be a two step process for Godwin. It's going to be coming back in a pitch count, getting hit, and then being able to go full bore without that without that particular uh, uh, knee brace. Uh, I had a couple good questions here. I want to get to yeah, real a couple quick. super a couple super chats as well. Okay, let's let's get to this one here. How will Russell Gage fit in when CG is back? And then the other one was, I wonder what the fit is for Julio Jones in this offense. Well, the reason why the Buccaneers went out and got both of those receivers is because they have the ability to play in both the slot as well as the the uh, uh, the, the flanker position, the the Z receiver position. You look at the split end spot. That's that's Mike Evans. He's in the weak side of the formation. He gets a lot of one on ones on on that side of the field to begin with, but and that's usually away from the tight end. But then that Z receiver position. That's the Antonio Brown role that has been vacated. That's where yeah. Russell Gage and Julio Jones can both play. And then if Godwin needs a breather, either one of those guys has the the physicality. Russell Gage not a big guy. Julio Jones much bigger, but. Russell Gage is a dog, Matt. He will go in there and block. Just as we learned 
with Cyril Grayson last year. When Tyler Johnson, who was the bigger receiver, wasn't getting the job done, it was Cyril Grayson who went in there in the Carolina game and the Jets game and played some in the slot for Godwin because he was just getting the job done. He was tenacious. So, And that's what Russell Gage had to do. Because remember, he was on a very talented Falcons team where Julio was in front of him. Calvin Ridley, obviously, was a very talented player. So he had to do everything that he could to yeah. make sure that he got onto the team. And I'm very excited for Russell Gage. I'm very excited yeah. for... Julio Jones as well. And, you know, I'm talking to some people, obviously fantasy football season is getting here. And I hold on, Matt, hold that thought real quick. I just wanted to mention this from King Cook, Peter Report Nation. What's good? Happy Monday, folks. Monday, that means it is roll call. Where you tell at, us, Peter people? Tell us where you are at. Yep. We want to know. Start putting it in the chat where you're yep. watching. From, I'm going to pop them up on the screen. Matt's going to continue pontificating about his awesome point he was making. And so let's let's hear it for roll call here on a Monday. We're doing this every Monday through football season starting today. So let's, let's uh, get those locations up there. And Matt, please continue. And also, shout out to everyone. I see a couple Super Chats in there. I promise you, we will get to all the Super Chats. So thank you very much for that. We will be talking about that because a couple of different topics. I saw Sean Murphy bunting in there, Antoine Winfield Jr. Yep. in there as well. So we will get to all of that. But the point I was trying to make with Russell Gage <laughs> with uh, Russell Gage and, and Julio Jones, like I said, I'm very excited to watch both of them this season, as I have been watching in training camp before Russell Gage got injured with his hamstring and uh, Julio doing his thing. I just, I'm at the point with Julio Jones where if he's going to be healthy, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I feel really good about what he's going to do this season. I just feel like for me, this is just personally me. He's in the category of every single time he makes a play, it's just like, okay, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't right. get hurt. That's kind of <laughs> how I feel with Julio Jones when, he, right. when he's out there which is how I don't feel about Russell Gage, which is kind of ironic because Russell Gage is the one that got hurt and Julio Jones has been the <laughs> right. only receiver that's been healthy the whole time. But I do think with Russell Gage being out, it was much more of a precautionary. We still got the whole season ahead of us. Just sit out for now and like you'll be ready when you go uh, to travel to Dallas for the Sunday night football game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. But in terms of like fantasy football, I still think I'm picking Russell Gage over Julio Jones because I kind of think that Julio should be on a pitch count as well. Maybe yeah. not the same amount that Chris Godwin's going to be on. And I've said this before that, and it's weird because you don't want to like completely start a guy and then slow him down. It's not exactly how it works, but I kind of want to see that with Julio Jones. Let Julio do his thing. Let Julio cook or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Let him be that huge factor for this team. <laughs> Shout out, Ed. I don't know if that's Arctica. true or not, but uh, uh, it sounds good. I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with it. Yeah, we're going coast to coast. But with Julio, because of that injury history, I like I don't see him playing all 17 games this season. I just don't. So I'd almost rather get the best out of Julio the first month of the season. And I'm not saying he's going to like blow a tire, <laughs> right. you know, with the hamstring, but yeah. I'd rather get the best out of him in the first month of the season. Then you get a healthy Chris Godwin. So then you could put Julio Jones back on a bit of a, a pitch count. Yeah. And therefore he's healthy by December and the playoff run. I think it's yeah. a weird thing. You're kind of bookending it with Julio Jones, but I do think it's important when you're going to have Chris Godwin, what we think is like fully ready to go by October with doing the pitch count early on in the season. If you have Mike and Chris and Russell Gage in there, you're good to go. And I, I know like you're missing Gronk. So the, the, the talent level drops a little bit at tight end, but I, I would still feel great about those three receivers. You add in Rashad white at running back, uh, mm -hmm. another element to the passing game where he could be used. Just make sure Julio's healthy for you know for the yeah. long run at the end um but let him go in the beginning while yeah Scott i agree still gets acclimated i, I totally agree and i I, th I think that that this kind of rotating pitch count if if they're going to put godwin on a pitch count which they should and julio as they should as well period point that uh, they still have plenty of weapons right i, I think yeah. kate otten is going to be a little bit of, of a of a secret weapon this year i think this guy is going to be the starting tight end by midseason, I was th that thirty-yard catch, Matt. We've seen that yeah. a couple times in practice now. We've seen what he can do in the red zone. He is not Rob Gronkowski. He is he's probably what on par with 
with OJ Howard in terms of when OJ was kind of at his peak. I think he could be that that type of player. Maybe not as overly athletic, but more consistent. Right. And what I'm saying is I think he's going to be a quality starting tight end sooner rather than later. Is he going to be a pro bowler? I'm not going to say he's not, but I'm not going to start crowning him for that either. But he's a player that this team is very happy about. Another one's J.J. Howland. I think J.J. Howland, who's st- technically still on the roster right now, but I think he ends up yeah. in the practice squad. I think he ends up getting released. But um, but I, I think they're going to be better at tight ends than people originally thought. Kokeet yeah. has done a good job blocking. Kyle Rudolph, to me, has been a bit of a disappointment. He's he's lost a step. In my opinion, Cam Braid is, is better than Kyle Rudolph, but I understand having him because of the experience. And Braid's 31. You know, Otten's a rookie, so if you need a veteran to go in there, do some dirty work, get some blocking done, Rudolph helps you. Yeah, I, I totally get that point. I think he, for whatever reason, they've really eased him along as well. You know, like he's gotten a lot of the vet days off, as some of the other guys have, but right. it seems like he's had a lot of time off. I think he's going to end up just being like the cool <laughs> mentor in the group for a lot of the young guys. And yeah, yeah, I, I'm really excited for Otten. I, and I think one thing that's really important is that I don't think at all the moment is ever going to be too big for him. And yeah. I think that comes from having that background of like his, his dad was a coach. His grandfather was a coach. He's just like, he's been around football his whole life. And I think you saw it a little bit in the preseason game where Mm -hmm. he dropped the ball and that was a mistake. You can't do that, but you know what? He bounced back. He had a 30 yard reception. He had another uh, reception for double digit yards. Then he had the false start penalty, but I don't think it's, that's, you know, absolutely going to like knock him down. You're going to do it in August. Doesn't count. Doing so. in preseason. So yeah. that was another thing I've been telling some of my friends is that, you know, Kate Otten, I wouldn't draft him as like a tight end one on your team, right? But draft him in a late round and stash him on your sure. bench because he could end up being a starter, yeah. you know, like you said, halfway later on in the season. As soon so, as this guy shows the signs, they're going to fast track him. He's the future. Yeah. So why would you invest snaps in a Kyle Rudolph or even a Cam Brate if this guy's showing he can get it done as a blocker and, and a receiver? Uh, so to, to me, I think when when they start seeing the the getting ready for takeoff lights start flashing with Kate Otten, they they put him on the runway and let him take off. That's right. And so you could get great value by drafting Kate Otten. And the best place to do that is with Underdog Fantasy and their ten million dollars in prizes with Best Ball Mania three. Guys, you have a, a little over a week to draft your team. It ends next Thursday, so still a little bit of time, but make sure you get on that sooner rather than later. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management and get the optimal score each week of the season. Like I said, you have a shot at $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or use the app and sign up with the promo code Pewter and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Even if you learned from Plant City Math, you can figure that out. That's right. And again, use the promo code PICKEM. Uh, sorry, use the promo code PEWTER. The other thing I want to tell, talk to you about is the PICKEM that they'll have going on. They had it for the preseason. They will, of course, have it for the regular season. Um, you can do over-unders, you can do head-to-heads. You know, if you think Rashad White's going to have a great game or Russell Gage is going to have a great game or Brady's just going to go off, you can bet the over on their yards that they have going on. If the Bucs are playing the Saints and you think they're going to shut down, I don't even know if Michael Thomas is going to play at this point, but if he was, you could bet the under on what he's going to get. Or you could do Mike Evans versus Michael Thomas. So uh, yeah. there's so many different options there. And uh, Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players, so that's the key. you got to pick at least two, but between two and five, it's fill out your pick'em slip, and you get every pick right. You go home with some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, and once again, they will match your first deposit up to $100. So you can put in 100 bet on a couple of your favorite box players, and end up with even more money. So, uh, again, Underdog yep. Fantasy – Use the promo code Pewter, and of course, PewterReport.com. We will be doing some of our own underdog fantasy league. So, yep. if you want to go, I'm, I'm going to have Scott, my draft. I'm going to have a draft Wednesday night, 
So email me at srpewterreport.com. I almost have enough for, for one full draft now. I'm going to be doing another one next Wednesday prior to the start of the season. So if you want to play me, I'm going to be doing drafts Wednesday nights. Email me at srpewterreport.com. Matt, you're going to be doing some drafts as well. That is, yep, yeah, that, that's absolutely right. You can uh, contact me at mattpeterreport.com. And if you want to put a little side wager besides the money on Underdog Fantasy, <laughs> I'm down with that too. We'll have to come right. up with something. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm down to just have a lot of fun with it and make sure you do it at uh, Underdog Fantasy with the promo code Pewter. Scott, we have a lot of chat that we got to. Get to. So get to I, I do want to get to those. Uh, a couple of guys have been patiently waiting. So, and they're kind of similar, so we can kind of do them back to back. First of all, thank you, Elliot, for the 499 super chat. He says, assuming SMB keeps the starting cornerback job, considering Antoine Winfield Jr. is the nickel, how much would we expect to see Dean as cornerback number three? Also, want to say thank you to Ant, another 499 super chat. Thank you, thank you. so much. He says, Why is Sean, Sean Murphy Bunting, starting over Dean? PFF has Dean on the rise coming into this year. He was the 14th best outside corner last year, right behind Bucks number one corner, Carlton Davis. So two similar questions with Jamel yep. Dean and Carlton Davis and, of course, Antoine Winfield Jr. in there as well. Um, I've been doing a lot of talking, so, Scott, feel free yeah. to, to give your take first. This is what I, I surmise, and part of my job as a reporter is to read between the lines. So what I think is happening is this. You, you know the old saying, it's it's – it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know, right? And sometimes it's likability is just as important of a trait as, as you know, as it's ability. That's one of the better abilities out there is likability. Sean Murphy Bunting is a guy that you want to root for. He wants to be really, really good. He does all the right things. It just doesn't happen for him on the field all the way, all the way, all the time. And Jamel Dean is kind of like a slow burn. He's he's been getting better, but almost at a frustratingly slow pace for the coaches. So I'm just letting you know, I think in the eyes of the coaches, this is just about even. Now, I'm saying this from my perspective of how I'm reading some conversations and the lay of the land as your intrepid Peter reporter. I believe Sean Murphy Bunting is probably going to get the first dibs at the starting job because not just because of his personality, I, I don't know that that uh, Jim Eldine has done enough to take the job away from him. I hope that he has. I think Jim Eldine has played better in practice. I think he's made more plays in the ball. He's dropped more interceptions for damn sure. Yes, he has. But <laughs> he's also got his hands on the ball. I, I don't recall any of the practices I've been to Sean Murphy Bunting touched the pass. And for a team that keeps saying over and over again they want to have more interceptions this season. He's not the guy that's going to get that done. Sean Murphy Bunting has been burned before in the past, whether it be due to injury or just poor play, whatever, whatever. But he has, in my opinion, too many times in practice allowed the catch and then made the tackle. It's one thing to keep the play in front of you people. It is. I get that. That's where Todd Bowles, he's doing what Todd Bowles wants. At the same time, though, that that style of play will not result in interceptions because you are allowing catches, you're allowing first downs, and then you're rallying to make the tackle. And Sean isn't even like that great of a tackler either. So when I say make the tackle, Matt, I'm using that term lightly because there wasn't any live tackling except for maybe one or two periods the entire training camp. So I, I say that with a, with a bit of an asterisk next to it. If I'm Todd Bowles and Kevin Ross, the cornerbacks coach, I start Jamel Dean because I believe that Dean is going to be a guy that might get more interceptions, and and I think he's going to break up more passes. Will he be perfect? No. Will he get banged up? Yes. But I like him over Sean Murphy Bunting. But I have a funny feeling that at least in Week One they're going to they're going to put Sean Murphy Bunting out there to start the game. And both of these guys have kind of been injury prone a little bit. And I don't really fault Sean Murphy Bunting. Like he dislocated his elbow. That was like a freak yeah. play. That's not like a constant right. lingering injury where Dean didn't miss as many games, but there's a lot of times he got hurt like in the game and then wasn't yeah. able to, to go. And then of course they both teamed up to, <laughs> again, not their fault, but when they were yeah. late for the Jets game because the, the pilot got COVID and 
they right. only got there like an hour. Well, and and also, too, I don't, I don't think this is MM like Matt Matera. I think this is somebody else. Maybe maybe someone trying to steal your identity, Matt. I'm not sure. But uh, SMB lost his confidence after getting his elbow blown out. He'll be better this year. I think there's some psychology to this, people. I think that Sean Murphy Bunting has had confidence problems. The coaches will tell you that. Even Sean has, has mentioned that before. Why not put him out there as the starter? And yeah. and then, and then say you know what this is your job to lose, rather than saying you know what you had a maybe in your mind a good preseason a good training camp, but you didn't beat out Jamil Dean so now you're kind of in that backup mentality. And then if something happens to Dean, are you mentally ready to step in and 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 just get going on all cylinders? I don't know. I, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here. It seems to me this is part of coaching people. This motivation. Yep. Motivational tactics, that's part of it. Gosh, I even did this when I was the defensive coordinator for the South Pasco Predators dealing with 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids for years. Everybody has got different buttons you got to press certain ways. I, I could yell at my son, Logan. I could scream and holler at him. I had to to get his ass in gear. But if I yelled at other kids, they, they would go right into a shell. So it had to be nothing but positivity. But if I heaped praise on Logan – he just would tune it out, you know, whatever, whatever. But if I yelled at him, that lit his fuse. So I, I think that there is some some coaching tactics here from a motivational standpoint when it, when it is relaying to Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean in this cornerback situation too, Matt. Yeah, that, that's very true. Not every player responds the same. Like the, the message could be very direct, but people respond to it differently, whether, you know, it's, whether it's an angry thing or like a positivity thing, yeah. as you mentioned, it's like they say all the time with like certain college football coaches. Some coaches are great recruiters, but yeah. not the best at X's and O's. Right. Don't get the players they want because they're not the best recruiters, but they could draw up a game plan right. like it's nothing. Uh, one thing I will say for SMB is that, um, you know, he spoke to the media last week, I believe, and he said for the first time since he joined the Bucks. Like his body has never felt better. And I know players mm -hmm. say that all the time when they come to training yeah, camp. I've heard but that a lot. We're talking about, yeah, but we're talking about like yeah. a couple of years now that like right. this is the best that he's felt from being a rookie. And I, again, it goes back to the injury stuff because I remember he talked about when they won the Super Bowl, he played with like two dislocated thumbs. Yeah. So that's, that's like obviously really tough. And then he had the injury last season. Right. But I think the biggest difference for me when I'm watching Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting is the aggressiveness. Like in mm -hmm. that game against the Colts, Jamal Dean almost had the pick, but that's not the play I'm going to talk about. There's another one where, you know, it was a short out route. It was like maybe three or four yards. And right. Jamel Dean just honed in on it and wham, got to the got to the ball carrier, make sure yeah. they took him down right away. There was not even a chance that the receiver is going to go up the field. He was just I right agree. then and there. And obviously he's got great speed. And, and that's why I would start him, in my opinion. This, yeah. Exactly. There's too much of a cushion. There's too much of a cushion. And that obviously kills you on third down, too. As many times as the Bucs are going to you know, keep offenses back on you know, third and eight, something like that, because their run defense is so great. Right. By letting up that much field, they're still going to get the first down. And I just, I'd rather them occasionally get beat by Jamel Dean being aggressive and trying to stick to his receiver as much as he possibly can. Yeah. I'd rather deal with that issue with Jamel Dean because I trust the Bucs pass right. rush and everyone up front to get to the quarterback yeah. more often than not. And their safeties behind Dean off. help out too. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. So there's obviously that factor into yeah. it. Here's Leo, a couple more. So much. Yeah, a couple yeah, more super chats here. Uh, all I would say is don't watch ESPN. I haven't watched ESPN yeah. in years. The only time I ever watch ESPN <laughs> is for live football, college or pro. That's it. I just don't watch it anymore. It does does not even register for me. I don't even turn it on. So uh, I like Jenna, but other than the, other than that, I'm not a fan of ESPN. Yeah, uh, that's right. I flip around. SVP is cool too. Yeah. But yeah, I got your point. And Leo, thanks again for the $2 super chat. So $4 overall from Leo. Thank you. He says, is there any chance we trade for an O-lineman? That's obviously been a uh, another very much discussed topic here in the Tampa Bay area. And I thought Todd Bowles said it best. He said it a couple times where he's like, we're not just going to sign or trade for a guy for the sake of bringing in another offensive lineman in here. It has to be a guy that we like, that we think right. can fit into the scheme very well. With that said, he did say that they were going to pay uh, pretty close attention to the waiver wire and, um, you know, look into trades and things like that. So yeah. it's definitely a, a very likely possibility that there could be a new offensive lineman in here. 
And obviously with all the injuries that went on, um, it's getting closer to the point. I'm not laughing to be funny, but it's getting closer to the point where it's kind of becoming a necessity because they really can't afford for like anyone else to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, the luckiest guy in the building is like John Mulchin right now. He's like the third yeah. string setter. He actually might make the roster for a week or so until, until Hainsey gets better. We'll have to see how the roster, and we'll talk about the roster cuts in a second here. We did have another super chat uh, from Kevin Thomas. Thank you. Hey, Scott, I love Celsius. So I sent him a box of it in his who's workout at college. Uh, he's a baseball player, and they told him it's a banned substance per the NCAA. Keep up the good work. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to the the fact. I, I know that the NCAA, even the NFL, they've got all sorts of of minutia that players can't take this, they can't drink that, and you'll see it every once in a while. And I'm not saying it's Celsius by any means, but uh, I remember Quan Alexander, I believe, got popped for a PED for drinking an energy drink. And the the teams will let people, they'll let the players know, you know, we've done the research. These particular energy drinks or supplements or proteins or whatever have these banned substances in them. So you're not allowed to use those. I don't know, again, if, if that's the case with Celsius. All I know is, is I'm not banned from taking anything. So yeah. also, I, I think we should point out that Leonard Fournette and Scotty Miller are both sponsored by absolutely you know, yes they're both celsius, celsius and yeah. yes and they play in the nfl yes. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah i think well it's good said. There. It might be it might be another uh situation yeah yeah but yeah so um scott obviously the last thing on the docket here is some of the roster cuts that have been yeah. rolling through uh i think everyone should keep in mind that they are not officially due until tomorrow tuesday at 4 p.m right when the start of the uh, peter report podcast begins but tampa bay has started getting into that a uh, little bit there's been four cuts to this point yep. cornerback kyler mcmichael wide receiver jared stearns outside linebacker andre anthony and offensive lineman sedarius hutcherson um not too many shocks i would say there the biggest one that stands out to me is andre anthony um only because he's had two sacks and he's a guy you know he was coming off a serious knee injury Right. I would say it was a little slow to start out training camp, but he yes. got a sack in each of the last two games. I think strictly when it comes to Andre Anthony, it was really just a numbers game. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I wouldn't like the, the outside linebackers room is pretty solid. You talk about Mac Barrett, Joe Tryon, Shoenka, Anthony Nelson. You knew those guys were lost. There was like no question then there. The big question was who was going to be the fourth outside linebacker, That's especially right. after Cam Gill, got injured and went on IR, and he'll be out for the season. But then they instantly addressed that. They signed Carl Nassib, and then they signed uh, Avery last year. Gennard week. Avery, so, yeah. Yeah, Gennard Avery. So now you're talking about five quality – I mean, two studs at outside linebacker and three other quality outside linebackers, in my opinion. Um, so it was really just a numbers game with Anthony. As great as he performs, he's not, he's not going to make it over those guys. So I do think right. – the practice squad is in his sights if he if he gets through waivers if another team doesn't pick him up. But that was probably, in my opinion, not a surprise, but like the one that stands out the most is like a guy that worked hard and yeah, if it was another situation, he could have made the team. It's just, you know, not with the talent that the Bucks have. Yep. It's a numbers game. You're right. Jared Stearns is another guy that listen, I, I understand he's kind of the ultimate underdog. He had what 150 catches for almost two thousand yards yeah. last year <laughs> at Western Kentucky. And just put up some crazy, you know, uh, f football game, uh, you know, like video game type numbers. Video just, game, yeah. Just crazy numbers at Western Kentucky. The thing about Stearns, though, is he's just not fast. That's why he didn't get drafted. And that's why I've kind of been on record over the last couple of weeks, kind of knowing this was coming, trying to tell you all, Kalen Geiger, Devin Tompkins, those are players that literally have more speed to burn. And they have the ability, despite their smaller stature, Tompkins really small at five, maybe five eight, uh, about a buck sixty, a buck sixty five. Then you got Kalen Geiger a little bit bigger, five ten, one eighty. But Stearns just didn't have the size or the speed to really compete at this level. Yes, he had a great touchdown catch, but even on that touchdown catch against the Dolphins, Matt, he didn't get any separation on that catch. He was yeah. <laughs> he just made a, a great catch off a great throw, throw by Cal Trask. So 
I don't think that Stearns is going to end up on the practice squad. I just was talking to some people inside the building that they just don't feel like he has enough speed to really make it in the league. I will say Stearns was a very exciting player. I mean, his athleticism, he can get up and get after a ball, but obviously you have to do uh, a little bit more than that. And as you mentioned, like the Bucs already brought in so much talent with the undrafted free agent wide receivers. And of course, Stearns was in that mix, but you know, when he's slower than some of the other guys, that's obviously going to hold you back. And I think at the beginning of training camp, I would have ranked it. I would have said Tompkins one Stearns two. Geiger three, but then as training camp went on and, you know, after the games and, you know, as you said, Stearns played well in that first game, or at least scored a touchdown in that first game, but really none of them put it together as much. Uh, Tompkins to a degree, he had a nice catch in the Tennessee Mm -hmm. game, but like, especially that third game, there really wasn't much from any of the, the, yeah, these guys had the opportunity and, and nobody really stepped up like they did against the dolphins. I, I, I'm putting this up there because of the little Steve Smith uh, type of, of reference. And, and, and I kind of saw that too. He he yeah. reminds me of Steve Smith. The only problem is Steve Smith was just more electric, right? He yeah. just had that extra burst to where he could get open and, and make a catch. He was not a, a blazer or a burner, but he had enough ability to separate. And, I think and he had that, the, the mental fortitude, you know, the ice up sun, like all that type of stuff. Like he legit hated whoever he was playing against. And sometimes you need that attitude or just that extra gear to, you know, really excel in this league. And of course, in this league. And of course, Steve Smith did. And then as training camp went on, I still would have Tompkins first, but I think Geiger, you know, surpassed Stearns in terms of the ranking of, of those yeah. uh, undrafted free agents. So, a fun player to watch, but ultimately, you know, again, wide receiver was the toughest spot to make yeah. on this team. Well, and you got Scotty Miller, Matt. I mean, are we in the last 24 hours of Scotty Miller as a Buccaneer? I unfortunately think that we are. And we talked about this a little bit during, um, you know, Saturday's post-game press conference. It was just he's been giving a lot of those opportunities and he just wasn't making the plays. He had the drop in Tennessee. He had the incompletion uh, on a third down play uh, in Indianapolis. Um, while he was doing okay in practice, sometimes you need to see it in the game. And, you know, when you watch a lot of the other wide receivers making plays, as yeah. you see on the screen here, that's Scotty a bad one that right drop. there. That, that was, Tennessee one, I, I was up in the press box in Tennessee watching yeah. it with Josh Capo, and he got open. He got a step, and you kind of like start leaning forward into your seat a little bit and right. then you drop that and you're like, wow, how could you drop that, man? That's, and again, I gotta I, make that catch. I really thought Scotty was going to make this team by being a gunner. I yeah. like, I truly thought that just with the fantastic four receivers as Scotty, you've coined so well, like a lot of these receivers, I don't think are going to get a ton of playing time anyway. So how yeah. did Scotty make this team as a gunner? And I don't really know why he didn't get a ton of reps, especially with this last game of the season where clearly Punt coverage has been an issue. Right. Like, why wasn't Scotty getting more of those opportunities? I don't really know, but I, I, it's I unfortunately so think it's the end of Scotty. And for Matt, now, we see Scotty Miller out there at practice with the special teams, right? Out there fielding punts, and it never materializes. Scotty Miller never has gotten an opportunity, to my knowledge, to go out there in even a preseason game and attempt to return punts or kicks. So the, the guy, for whatever reason, has not shown enough in practice to, to be considered as a special teams return specialist candidate. And, and I, I, I think that he had to – this is year four. you got to carve a rollout for yourself on special teams. At one point in time, Scotty Miller was wide receiver three on this team. Let's not yeah. forget, in 2020, it was Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. Matter of fact, Scotty Miller was leading the team in, I believe, reception yards – when Antonio yeah. Brown got to town and then all of a sudden he became wide receiver four. And then now he's not even wide receiver six. And I believe the bucks will keep six receivers. Devin Tompkins probably goes to the practice squad. They like him, but did he do enough over these last couple of games to merit it? If they keep seven, I think Tompkins is the guy, Matt Jalen Darden from all intents and purposes. It seems like he is going to be getting, the fifth or I should say the sixth and final roster spot at the receiver position because he can be a return specialist. Yeah, I I would, I would be okay with that. I think as exciting as the wide receiver room 
began, it kind of leveled out a little bit uh, towards the end of this training yeah. camp. And no matter what happens with, with these cuts, Scotty Miller will always have a place in Bucks history. Uh, being on the Super Bowl winning team, yeah. and of course, the play that he made in the NFC Championship game, scoring that touchdown. Right, he's like uh, Michael right Spurlock, the guy who finally returned to kickoff for a touchdown. Yeah, right. You're always going to be that that fabled player and have that lore to yeah. your to your name because of what you did. You can't take the Super Bowl ring away. I mean, that's that's for sure. Yeah, it was a money play, and if uh, you want to make sure your money's in good hands, you should work with the Muni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Well, speaking of retirement, Tom Brady, he retired, but he came back. He's not quite ready to retire yet. Maybe it's because he hasn't called him Muni Financial. I don't know. Have you called him Muni Financial yet? Folks, do what I've done. I've called him Muni Financial. I I went through and and had a uh, consultation. It was absolutely free. I enjoyed what I heard from David and Mark and the great folks over there at Muni Financial. They've got 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area. They know what they're doing when it comes to making sure that that you plan ahead so you can stay ahead for your financial uh, freedom and have enough money set to retire and do other things like plan for your kids' colleges with college savings accounts and get your your brokerage and advisory services uh, in order to deal with this ever-changing stock market and uh, the international world markets. So when it comes to Managing your family's wealth, it means more to Immunity Financial than just simply allocating your assets. Let Immunity Financial help you play ahead and stay, plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call today at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immunity.com. Peter reports J.C. Allen was in the chat. He said that uh, the Bucks waived Chris Cooper, who was a safety, played at Stony Brook. Yeah, so, uh, that's Greg Allman another- reported that. Yeah, I, I meant JC Blake put it in the chat. Yes. Uh, shout out JC being in there. Yeah, Greg Allman uh, on a lot of these, uh, a lot of these reports that going on with the cuts. But uh, as JC was saying as well, um, as far as the safety position, we obviously know who most of them are. It's really going to come down to yeah. whether or not Nolan Turner makes a fifty-three man roster. I think he's a lot for the practice squad. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm with you on that. Uh, and listen, we we don't mean to. You know, to to throw shade at these players by any means, uh, they're these guys have worked hard. They've made some some really good impressions, and the Buccaneers have used their practice squad, I think, just as well as any other team. You look at Cyril Grayson, who was a player, Matt, that toiled in the practice squad for years, developing as a former LSU track star. Then he comes up, catches a touchdown against the Saints, and. We, we all saw what he did against the Jets in that game with the game-winning touchdown. So the Buccaneers do use that practice squad as as a, a farm system, a developmental yeah. system, and you see some of those players end up making the jump to the active roster and helping. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes, like Cyril Grayson, that's not the case. But we are not throwing shade at any Buccaneer player. Uh, they certainly did their part to make an impression. Uh, you know, you get one shot. As, as a rookie undrafted free agent, sometimes if, if you make the mark, you get noticed and you get another shot in the NFL. Other times you go right from the league and it, it's a cold, cruel world and you're out there uh, selling insurance or you know your NFL dreams are dashed pretty quickly. So, But if you're looking for, for a place that, that does throw some shade in a very good way, highly recommend Florida lanai curtains. Folks, I have Florida lanai curtains installed at my house. I've had them now for months before they were an advertising partner. That's how much I absolutely love this. Really, it's an investment, Matt. It's, it's an investment in my home, and it's paid great dividends. Absolutely love the privacy and the shade that we get. We live in Florida because of the warm weather, folks. That's, that's just a fact. But there are two common complaints about spending time outside 
in Florida. And it's the lack of privacy where homes these days are getting built right on top of each other and, and your neighbors are literally five feet away. That's where Florida Lanai Curtains comes in. They offer privacy and shade and they also help you. It, I mean, Matt, we're, we're almost into, into September. It's just yeah. an extension of summer. It doesn't get cool in Florida until maybe November. So you, when you're dealing with, with the brutal heat of these warmer months, that's where Florida Lanai Curtains also helps out when it comes to the shade. So Florida Lanai Curtains, they solve both these problems with the privacy on demand patented outdoor privacy curtain system and the custom-made screen enclosure shade sales. Their flexible installation options and high-quality products give you privacy and shade just where you need them. Privacy on demand, outdoor curtains are made from the well-known Sunbrella brand Marine Canvas, backed by a 10-year fade-free warranty and available in over 100 colors that's going to enhance the look of your home. And that's a big reason why I decided to go with Florida Lanai Curtains because of the durability of the curtains to hold up due to the rain, the weather, the thunderstorms, etc., the unique shade sails are made from the Sola Mesh, which has a 10-year warranty against degradation, and they're built to give you shade and UV protection for years to come. So, folks, if you need privacy and or shade, you want more freedom to enjoy your, your pool, your lanai, your outdoor space, visit the Florida Lanai Curtains website at lanaicurtains.com to find out more about their amazing custom products. Do your own hassle-free online estimate. It's worth the investment, people, I'm telling you. Call them at 813-337-2511. Schedule a free in-home consultation. That's Florida Lanai Curtains on the web at lanaicurtains.com. As we wind things down here in this podcast, uh, I, I see a couple of people in the chat, so I, I do want to talk about it. Uh, one guy that going into this training camp, I think was uh, like a guaranteed practice squad because they drafted him, mm -hmm. but a guy like you weren't sure was going to make the team. And that was Cole Keefe, HK45. Don't know if he's related to Co-Keefe because he's got K as the last name uh, or the second initial. Oh, sorry. That's the wrong one. But HK45 said uh, Co-Keefe is a must-keep. Okay. He's a must-keep. And then Sounds Ted better. Curtis said uh, keep Keefe or we riot. And yeah. I think, yeah, he's really a guy. Yeah. I know not too many teams really use the fullback anymore. The Bucks don't use it a ton. They occasionally will bring a guy in there. We've seen Camp Wright in that role. We see Vita Bay yeah. in that role occasionally. Right at the goal line, but Co-Keefe, and you said it the other day on the podcast, is becoming a folk hero. And yes. the more that he's blocking, like he's not just making pancake blocks and, oh, it's fun to watch, it's cool. Like he's legit making the blocks that are opening up these 10, 14-yard runs by Keyshawn right. Vaughn and Rashad White and those guys. So the, if he continues to do that, he went from a guy that I think I would have been fine with just, yeah, stash him on the practice squad to he has to make the 53-man roster because he is doing things. And Scott has <laughs> lost it. <laughs> My curtain sounds like someone <laughs> would like to do. Uh, uh, I can tell you, uh, Florida Lanai curtains much more reliable um, when it comes to just being real. Let's put it that way. I have not uh, seen that it's documentary funny. yet. But oh, it's I, good. I, 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 yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward you, to checking it out. I probably will this weekend at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Co-Keefe doing uh, doing really good things for this team. I think that's going to uh, signal yeah. that we should probably wrap things up by now. We will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Before that, though, just want to remind everyone, the Pewter people, to please like and subscribe yeah, to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. If you like this podcast, if you like just hearing Buck's information, we have all of that for you here. We have um, different videos from being at the Avon Hill Training Center where the Bucks facility is. Put up a video last night about Todd Bowles talking about Chris Godwin. We have a lot more of those things coming up. We're going to have some shorter pod podcast clips as well because I know the show goes an hour long. Sometimes you just want one certain segment that goes from, you know, a little bit shorter than an hour. So sure. we're going to have all that for you on our YouTube channel. Just make sure you like and subscribe. Just gives you a heads up, a little head nod to let you know when we have new content out, but we really appreciate everyone um, that is watching us and listening and, and subscribing. Cause uh, it really is great. We love everyone in the chat. You know, you're making us laugh literally on air, yes. which is, uh, which is <laughs> super awesome. So we'll be back tomorrow at 4 PM. Obviously that's when all the roster costs will be finalized. So we'll be talking right. about that. Who got cut, who made it, 
how this team fits, how they're looking with obviously the Dallas Cowboys on their sights ahead. And let's remember too, you know, there's still almost, what is it, 13 days until the season. So yeah. this will be the first 53 man roster, but there will be some other changes around that. You don't know who else is going That's to right. be waived or cut by their, by other teams in the NFL that the Bucks might bring in. So uh, we'll be paying attention to that. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching and listening, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out, Pewter people.